Yuma, Perak Aleph, Mishnah, Hey, one five. Masru zikne vezden lezikne kahuna. After each day of the seven, after the agents of the Sanhedrin reminded him and taught him how to do the avodah on Yom Kippur properly, he was handed over to elders of the Kohanim. And that was for the sake of learning how to do the very challenging avodah of the Katoras, the incense which is offered in the Kodesh HaKadoshim on Yom Kippur. This is very difficult because he has to go into the Kodesh Kadoshim holding like a fire pan that has coals in one hand and like a big ladle holding a lot of incense powder in the other hand. Then he has to put down the fire pan and then the ladle he has to empty out into his cupped hands that are cupped together. So this is a tricky business, of course, because his hands aren't free to do the tipping and he's not allowed to drip, to drop even one, you know, one grain of this of the incense powder has to fill his hands totally. So that being the case, he has to kind of balance it in his underarm and maybe use the tips of his fingers or his thumbs or his teeth. And that's a tricky business. And that being the case, he needs special practice. So every day he would be handed over to these expert kohanim to teach him how to go about doing the katoris and the kadosh kadoshim to practice it. Now that happened all seven days, but on the seventh day, our mission will focus on what happens. On the seventh day, ve'elul of Elias Beisaptinus, they would bring him up to the attic of the chamber called base of Tinus. Of Tinus was the family who were the manufacturers of the Katoris for the base of English. They had a special um, tradition of how to get something called Mala Ashan, a special ingredient that makes the smoke go straight up, and they didn't share it. And that being the case, they sort of had the corner on the market of making the incense for the base of Mikdash. So up there is where the incense was, and up there in base of Tinus is where the training happened. And on the seventh day, the emissaries of the Sanhedrin would put him under oath. They would adjure him to make a certain, like a, a vow and a, an oath, a promise, um, which we'll learn about right now. They said to him as follows, Ishi Mr. Kohen Gadol, We are agents of the Sanhedrin. And you are similarly um, an agent of the Bezdin, meaning that you are required to swear as we're about to adjure you. And the meaning of the words and the intention of this oath that you're taking is as defined by the Bezdin, not by your own interpretations and your fingers crossed behind your back and none of that. So, We put you under oath with the power of the one who chose to dwell his name here, meaning Hashem, who lives in the base of Mikdash, under the, his authority, we are putting you under oath. Do not, excuse me, do not change one iota from what we taught you um, in the Avoda. And this is specifically referring to the Avoda of the incense being brought in the Kodesh Kedoshim. We described a minute ago how it's to be done. The problem is that the verse that describes this says, this is Pasuk in Vayikra, Perak Tezayin, Pasuk Beis, 16.2, Va'al yavo b'chol eis el ha-kodesh, excuse me, mibais la-paroches, he can't go whenever he wants into the Kodesh HaKadoshim. And the Pasuk continues on and it says, Ki ba'anan e'ra'e al ha-kapores, I shall be seen in a cloud meaning of smoke, before the kaporis, that's the lid that covers the aron, the holy aron. So 
the Tzedukim, who were a heretical sect in the time of the Second Temple period, took this verse very literally and understood that there has to be smoke being created from the incense prior to the Kavangadol entering into the Kaddish Kedashim. He has to have like a smoking fire pan. But the tradition is that no, first he should go in and then set up the smoking incense inside the Kaddish Kedashim once he's inside there. So the concern was that this Kohen Gadol is actually a tzaduki, and he's going to do it in the wrong way. And so we're making him swear he'll only do it in the way that was prescribed as we described to him. So he takes that oath, and then who Poreshaboche, he turns aside and cries because they suspected him of being a tzaduki, which is a rather big insult. Vehein Poreshaboche, and they also cry. Why are they crying? Either because it's regrettable that Kleistral has come to such a deplorable situation that. We concern us. We consider the Kongadol being perhaps a tzaduki, not doing it as supposed to be being doing. We have to make him promise he'll do it right. Um, or alternatively, um, they're crying sort of to show empathy with the Kongadol. Um, you know that they don't necessarily really think he's a tzaduki, but rather they're forced to make this, put him under oath because that's you know protocol, the basic mikdash of the Sanhedrin as they set it up. Um, but not they really don't trust him, so they're sort of crying with him empathetically.